all of us make an attempt to practice what we preach, and that is important, but I'm going to talk today about preaching what we practice. In other words, I'm going to talk about the importance of rehearsing your message. Now, I have been a massive champion of rehearsing your message no matter your level of skill. I'm talking if you are a veteran preacher, preacher, been doing it a long time, or you are brand new to this, in both cases, rehearsing is so vital to two things, internalizing your message and understanding your message in detail before you get up to preach it. I've been preaching for a long time and I am as skilled at it as maybe not anyone, but I'm pretty skilled at speaking. I still rehearse my messages. And the reason why is because when I get up to speak, I wanna know exactly what to expect. I wanna be so prepared that in the moment I can deviate if I want to and still be able to go back to my plan because I fully understand it and I fully internalized it. In this episode, I'm going to talk about why you should rehearse, going to dig into a little more of that, because I do feel like I have to convince some people of the importance of that, and that may be you. So we're going to talk about why, and I think by the end of hearing why, you could change your mind. If you're like, no, I should, I don't need to rehearse, that's just for rookies, that's just for newbies, I really want to change your mind about that. Like That's really important to me because it will help you. So I'm going to talk about why, and then I'm going to talk about how. How do you rehearse your messages in a way that's productive? If you're new here, my name's Lane. This is the Preaching Donkey Podcast. I am so glad that you're here. If you are new or if you, if you just haven't yet, go to preachingdonkey.com slash 21 days. Pick up my free 21-day guide to creating killer sermons. It's a three-week, three-step process that will walk you through how to create and deliver a compelling, life-changing message. So again, whether you've been preaching for a long time and you're just like looking for a new, fresh resource, or if you're brand new to this and you're trying to figure out how to get started, there's something in there for you. Preachingdonkey.com slash 21 days, link in the description below, free for you, just to say thanks for coming by. Every time we preach, we have an opportunity to fulfill our God-given calling to impact the lives with the truth of God's word and the hope of the gospel. By the way, this is from an article I wrote on preachingdonkey.com back in February of 2017. But the effectiveness of our preaching is impacted by a host of variables we cannot control, including distractions in the room. But there is something we can control, and that is how well we prepare. This is a drum that I beat often in preaching donkey content that there's lots of things that you cannot control, that you don't have any power over, but you can be prepared when you get up to speak. That is within your control. So we focus on the things we can control, like how well we prepare, and we try not to worry about things we can't control, like how many people show up or what distractions there are in the room or what might go wrong from a technical perspective. Those are the things we can't control, but we can determine how well we prepare. I've written extensively on several aspects of sermon prep, including forming a preaching team. We did an episode on that. Nailing down a weekly prep schedule. We did an episode on that. Getting healthy feedback. We did an episode on that. But I find one of the most often neglected aspects of effective sermon preparation is rehearsing the sermon. And by rehearsing, I mean preaching the entire message by yourself or to a handful of people before you actually preach the sermon to your church. The reluctance to rehearse is varied. Some preachers might think it's awkward to preach to themselves. They're totally right, by the way. It is awkward, all right? But that does not mean you shouldn't do it. I'm just going to tell you something. I have been writing messages and preaching them for a decade and a half. 
And it is always awkward to rehearse a message. It just is. It's awkward to talk to yourself. It's awkward to act like there's a crowd there listening to you when there is not one. So just, just acknowledge that yes, it is awkward, but that does not mean that it's not a worthwhile activity. Other preachers might avoid it because they don't think it's necessary. Still, others may just have never thought of it. I want to show you why I believe the often neglected step of rehearsing the sermon is essential to great sermon delivery. So here we are. Why you should rehearse your sermons, I am going to give you three reasons. Number one, to know exactly what to expect when you preach. Number two, to work out inconsistencies between your notes, your slides, and your brain. <laughs> and number three, to make sure you stay on time. Okay, so here we go. Number, number one. To know exactly what to expect when you preach. The first time words are coming out of your mouth for a particular sermon should not be when you are preaching live to your church. There are too many unforeseeable variables that can go wrong. You may have too much content and end up preaching too long because you didn't know how that hilarious story about your first date with your wife was actually going to take. Um, your transitions and segues from one thought to another may make complete sense in your head, but when you try to put it into words, it falls apart. I think a lot of times sermons are lost in transition. When you're transitioning from a point to an illustration about that point to an application for that point, back to the text for another point, when you're transitioning and going from one thing to another, if you haven't worked out what that's going to feel like, the words you're going to say, the flow that's going to take, it leads a lot up to chance, and I much prefer to know ahead of time what to expect. Rehearsing allows you to know ahead of time how it will all come together and what the holes are. It's the same principle that causes your worship leader to rehearse the same song 57 times before singing it once on Sunday. A song that someone else wrote, a song that will take five minutes to play, and that they've probably done before. Why do worship leaders go through this much effort? To make sure they know exactly what to expect on Sunday. This allows them to lead without distraction because they're able to focus on the moment rather than trying to remember the next chord. And by the way, some worship bands and worship leaders do a better job of this than others. And you're gonna understand what this has to do with preaching in a second, but I will see some worship bands that are well-rehearsed and well-trained. So when they're playing their guitar, playing their bass guitar, playing the keyboard, playing the drums, whatever, they are engaging with the moment, right? Their head is up, they know their chords, they know, they know the song, and they're able to actually sing. Even if they don't have a mic, they're singing along with the congregation as they're playing. Contrast that with a guitarist who's staring at a music stand trying to figure out where he is in the song. Okay, let's see. A, 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 G, 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 E, E. It, it's not the same feeling, right? If you look up there, the only person who's engaged is the person singing or the people singing with microphones up front and everybody else is trying to figure out where they are. That's not an engaging experience. So really good worship bands will rehearse in such a way and practice in such a way that everybody knows their parts. Everybody knows exactly how to play, what to play, when to play it. Yes, it takes more work. Yes, it takes a higher level of commitment, but it produces a much better result because you have a group of engaged people rather than watching people try to figure out where they are. Now, what does this have to do with preaching? In preaching, it's no different. If the entire time you're flipping through your notes and you're trying to figure out, okay, where am I and what am I doing? And okay, hold on, I missed this thought and where was I in my text? 
that's distracting, right? Or if your brain just goes blank because you didn't really think through how to transition from this to that, and it doesn't make any sense in your head, and it doesn't make any sense as it's coming out because you just wrote down a thought and then went out there to go speak it, that is a very noticeable thing. So this is why I am just a massive proponent of understanding the importance of rehearsal as it pertains to knowing what to expect. So this allows them to leave without distraction because they're able to focus on the moment rather than trying to remember the next chord. In the same way as the as the pastor, as the preacher, you can focus on the moment rather than trying to think about, okay, what was I going to say next? Your preparation benefits in much the same way when you rehearse. This does not mean the Holy Spirit doesn't lead you in the moment. Now, this is a massive distract. This is a massive misunderstanding of what I'm saying. People will say, oh, well, I much prefer to kind of get up there and prepare a little bit, read and pray, but then just get up there and let the Holy Spirit work. The problem with that is that that takes away the idea and the truth that the Holy Spirit is capable and will lead you through the process of your preparation on Tuesday just as much as he does on Sunday. And I would argue from both experience and working with other pastors that when you have prepared in both ways, the Holy Spirit will and does and can work better through you. In other words, when you prepare well on Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Monday, really leaning into the Holy Spirit's leading for that sermon, praying through it, working through every transition you're going to make, the illustrations you're going to give, the points you're going to give, the way you're going to help people apply them, the questions you're going to ask for people to ponder, what you're going to leave them with, how you're going to drive your point home, how you're going to really make the text come alive. When you actually spend time working on that and then really like hearing yourself say it so that you can feel what it feels like when those words come out of your mouth, both when somebody hears it and when you say it. That is a Holy Spirit-led process, or at least it should be. If it's not, then make it that. Pray through it. And if you do that well, then the Holy Spirit can both work through that moment and those moments of preparation, and he can and will and does work with you in the moment when you're speaking it because those two things may deviate from each other. And that's fine. But when you're prepared, it's so much better. It just is. So you prepare well enough so that you are free to follow the Spirit's leading instead of obsessing over your next thought. That's the key. Follow, prepare well enough that you can, you're free in the moment to follow the Spirit's leading instead of obsessing over what was I going to say next? That's what we want to avoid. Number two, to work out inconsistencies between your notes, your slides, and your brain. You use a different part of your brain when you read than when you listen, and you use another part when you speak. If you think about it, preparing a sermon without rehearsing uses one part of your brain, reading. You read the words you wrote, then you get up and speak those words, allowing your church now to listen to them. Two-thirds of your editing brain power are used in the moment instead of ahead of time in rehearsing, speaking, and listening. One of the best benefits of rehearsing is that it allows you to use three different parts of your brain to evaluate how your sermon is coming across reading, speaking, and listening. So all I'm saying here is, don't be, is, is this, don't be one-dimensional in your preparation, writing and reading. Speak it and hear yourself say it. And when you do that, you have a more holistic approach with your preparation. You haven't just wrote the words down and read them. You have actually spoke them and you have listened to yourself. This is why I suggest recording your rehearsal so you can actually listen, not just as the words are coming out of your mouth, but you can listen to it after the fact and see like, how did it all go? Huge, huge benefit. Also, while your brain is busy processing your sermon content from three different angles, you are able to determine if your slides are consistent with your content. 
When I rehearse, I almost always find that one of my slides is out of sync with my sermon at a given moment. Rehearsing allows me to correct this ahead of time. So I actually click through my slides when I'm rehearsing my message so that I can know this is going to be up when I'm saying this, and this is going to be up when I'm saying this. And if this doesn't work with this, let's change that and let's do it before the sermon happens. Number three, to make sure you stay on time. One of the most distracting things preachers can do is announce to the church when they are running out of time. They'll say something like this. I'm almost out of time. We're running along just a few more minutes. Thinking out loud, letting the church know you're feeling rushed and hurried because you have too much content and didn't plan well is bad form. Your listeners do not need to be thinking about the clock. That's your job. And it's your job to keep it to yourself so they can focus on the content and what God is teaching them through the preaching of his word. If you rehearse, you can know ahead of time if you have too much content and you can decide what stays and what goes. So again, I preached last week at my church, three services, they all have to be on time. It's because there is a logistical problem if you go long. And a whole lot of people have to leave the service. A whole lot of people have to come into the service. The people leaving have to check their kids out of kids ministry. The people coming in have to check their kids into kids ministry. There is just no room to go long. So if I don't rehearse and I don't know how I am, uh, how, how the sermon is going to come across in terms of how much time that story is going to take or that illustration is going to take or that point's going to take, I really put myself in a bind in the moment if I'm having to catch up with the clock. So don't do that to yourself and make sure that you rehearse. So here's the thing. If time is not a constraint in your situation, you can preach 45, 50, 70 minutes, whatever. You still want to make sure that you know how long that sermon is going to be and how long each element is going to take. Because sometimes what will happen is, is we'll spend way too much time on the introduction and then we have to just slam the brakes at the end. And that's not a good way to plan a message. Rehearsing eliminates that. So those are my three reasons why I rehearse every sermon I preach. Let's talk about how to rehearse for the greatest benefit. So how to rehearse. Number one, find a private room where you're comfortable preaching at full volume and expression. This is really important. At one of my churches that I worked at for 10 years in the D.C. area, I had a little room upstairs that almost no one ever was at during the week. And I could just go up there and I could preach to my heart's delight. I would preach at full volume as if the place was filled with a thousand people and it was awesome. I would not do that in my office because I would be kind of cautious about somebody walking by and thinking I'm a weirdo preaching to myself. So I, I suggest people find a place where they can just do that with a lot of comfort. Number two, bring your slides, notes, anything else you have with you when you preach. So bring it all there and have it in front of you so that it's game time. If you can do this in the room that you actually preach in, like during the week when no one's there, by all means, do that. Set up to record using the Voice Memo app on your phone or another recorder. So if you have an iPhone, it's super easy. Just go to the Voice Memo app, stick it right in front of you, maybe on the table or pulpit or whatever you're using. Make sure it's kind of about, you know, a couple feet away from your face at, at least. It will pick up what you're saying just fine because all, all this is for is for your reference. Number four, preach the entire sermon. Clicking through your slides in real time, using your notes as you would when you preach, and don't forget to record it. I discuss this process in more depth with more tools to apply in my book, Preaching Killer Sermons, How to Create and Deliver Messages that Captivate and Inspire. So I go into kind of more detail there if you want to check that out. It's on Amazon, Preaching Killer Sermons. So now we're going to talk about evaluating your rehearsal. There are some important questions to consider when evaluating your recorded content. You may have different ones, but these will get you thinking. Number one, is the sermon on time or do I need to cut content? This is an important question because, as I said, if you have a time constraint of 35 minutes and your, your rehearsed sermon goes 46 minutes, you got a problem because you're going to have to cut some of that. 
Does your content flow well and make sense? This is that idea of transition, going from one thought to the next to the next. Does it all kind of tie together? Is it clear? Do your slides match what you're saying at every point in the message? In other words, whatever's on the screen and whatever you're saying, are they congruent? You can see that when you rehearse. How does it sound when you say it? Does a part need to be rewritten? So sometimes something that's coming out of your mouth is different than it looks when it's written down. And if there's an incongruency there or just it's weird, rewrite it. How are you interacting with your notes? Do they match what you're saying? Do they need to be adjusted? So this is another thing. It's not just what people see on the slides. It's actually also what you see on your message notes that are in front of you. Are they congruent? Do they need to add, do you need to add something to them? I almost always, when I'm rehearsing, something new will come to my mind, a new kind of fresher illustration, some, maybe a joke, maybe something that I didn't think to say when I was planning it out. I put that in my notes. If it's really good, I add it to my notes. Do you need to jot down that extra illustration or thought you had while rehearsing? Again, this goes back to what I just said. If you have something come to mind, put it in your notes. Does the sermon fire you up? Will you feel passionate about it on Sunday? This is huge. If the sermon is kind of like, meh, you know, um, what what do you need to do to it? What, what can you go back to the drawing board and what kind of fire, what kind of passion do you need to kind of draw out of the text for yourself? What do you need to experience with this sermon so that when you get up on Sunday, you actually care about it? Because if you're dispassionate about it, people can see that, people can feel that, people can know that, and it's not going to have the effect that you want. Finally, I listen to my recording on Sunday morning while clicking through my slides to give myself one last refresher before preaching. I'm a firm believer in this process because I've seen it work to improve my preaching and so many preachers I've helped. I'd love to hear from you. Do you rehearse your sermons? If so, what's your process? If not, give it a try and leave a comment about your experience. I'd love to hear from you below what you think about this process. Again, I started all this by saying, a lot of people will say, this is for amateurs rehearsing. I could not disagree more, but if you have a different thought, please leave it in the comments below. I'd love to hear if you're watching here on YouTube. If you're listening on one of the podcast players, thank you so much. Please leave a review. If it's five star, if it's not, don't bother. Thank you for coming by. My name is Lane. This is the Preaching Donkey Podcast. We will see you in the next episode. And until then, remember, if God can speak through a donkey, he can speak through you, and he can speak through me. We'll see you next time here at the Preaching Donkey Podcast.